One, two, ten. Welcome to the Claim the Throne podcast. Coming on you with infos on writing, recording, and marketing a metal album in 2013. Hey, who is it? We were... Cabba. That hurt. Hurt my brown. Welcome back to the Claim the Throne blodge and podge. I'm Cabba. And I'm Ash. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good, man. I noticed something, a little something. What's that? That it's almost 2014, so we've got to change the intro. Right, our intro is stuffed. Can we just um, change it to 2014? Or we should probably improve the whole entire thing, really, eh? Maybe. Who knows? I do like it, though. Carba. Hi, I'm Carba. Welcome to The Sedge. And uh, today, I'll be talking a bit about an article I've just posted on ClaimTheThrone.net, which is called Short and Punchy, How to Design a Captivating Bio for Your Band. For all you rookies, a bio is a biography and uh, could sometimes be a press release or something like that, a, b- a bit of writing that bands would use as their first point of contact. So you might have it displayed on your website or your social media, or it might be something you um, you send out to labels or you send out to venues or promoters or something like that. And it just um, gives them a bit of an overview of who you are. Um, the reason I wrote this is I've seen a lot of really shit bios and people's that just sort of drags on for ages and ages, giving you like the whole history of their lives. Can I give you an example? Yeah, man, go. I read one the other week and it was like, you know, our band is a rock band on guitars. Jimmy has thundering action with his right hand. The kick drums feel like Led Zeppelin crossed with Jack White. Real bad stuff. That's interesting you say that because the first tip in this blodge of what not to do, I gave an example, I just made it up, in italics, Claim the Throne began in June 2005 by two friends, Cabba and Ollie, who began jamming metal music together before getting a full lineup, then started gigging a year later in their hometown, Perth. Bit, See, bit too much, wobbly, and hey. you'd be surprised how many bands actually do that. And the thing to note there is people don't care about what the names of the band members are or, you know, what you've been doing to build up your band or where you went gigging once in your first gig and then where you went on your second gig. The way I like to think of it is maybe just at the end of the bio, you have a list of the band members and their instruments, or you have a a big, nice, juicy picture at the top of your bio with the band members' names across the picture or something like that. It's just a a bit more of a classy way to do it than drag on and send people to sleep. I don't think they'll keep reading after all that. But hey, that's just me, the way I was raised. You know, once you've got a little bit of notoriety, when someone interviews you, like, I don't know, Owen from Point Breakdown, who (laughs) we interview later, that's the time when people are looking a bit further into you. But to sell yourself straight off the bat, no one knows who you are in the first place. And often they won't even know the bands that you used to be in or, you know, that you used to go to this school and be, you know, year 12 band of the year. Couldn't agree more. So, yeah, jump to the point. Year 12 band of the year. I've put a a better way to do it and I've just dissected our own uh, bio a bit. The first sentence we have is ruthlessly tearing the boundaries of folk metal in the heaviest of ways. Perth Warriors claim the throne return with their fourth and finest release, Forged in Flame. And I guess with that version, you've got uh, a bit more creative language, some sexual adjectives, um, the genre, how the band differs from other genres, the name and the album title. It's pretty short and just focuses on things that people would actually be interested in reading. And I think from that sentence, they would probably move on to the second sentence. I always laugh when I read that. But how else do you start it off, you know? Like, we are... This, 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 and this. Well, what you bands know. always do is like, such and such hail from Perth, Western Australia. and The uh, most isolated city oh, on earth. Stop saying that, hey. Uh, bloody Tom Smith on the uh, guitars has thumping riffs. And then Tezza 
on the drums has blistering beats. <laughs> and like and then they actually go through all of the instruments. Cabba is competent on his instrument of choice. We know what instruments are in a rock band. You don't need to actually go through and try and describe what each of them sound like. So anyway, a better way of doing that, we've got uh, the 14-track, 70-minute epic album sees Glenn the Throne take a darker and heavier approach whilst maintaining all the melody and catches as the band are now for. Pretty boring to listen to now, but I think Definitely, overall... Especially when in that <laughs> droning voice. When you're reading it, you can put your own reflections on it and get excited. Anyway, so that, that would be a good way to, you know, things to think about in the f- uh, first half of your bio. Then you have a middle section where you could sort of go over a bit more of achievements and things. Um, so you'd talk about, you know, we have receiving high acclaim worldwide for 2010's Triumph and Beyond. The band toured extensively throughout Australia and New Zealand and the UK, building a reputation for outrageous live performances and gaining an army of loyal fans. Talking about selling your band without bragging, really, and you need to talk in third person and, and that sort of thing as well. And um, you don't want to drag on for too long again like I am now. So we'll move straight on to the end section and you want to go out with a bang um, and, and the way you want to do that is is pretty much by talking about what your band is aiming for in the future depending who you're, um, you're directing towards so whether you want to sort of impress your fans by saying we're going to be touring everywhere or whether you want to impress labels by saying we're working hard for promotional opportunities and stuff like that. What you don't want to say is, if you haven't heard this band, then you soon will because these guys play in Perth at least once a month and they are full-on sick guns. Band are writing a new song this week, and you're going to love it, eh? Probably not a good example. Yeah, not the best. Hey, but here's a here's a question for you, just mm. to throw you off your game. Yeah, man. Um, you know, we're a reasonably established band, but what if you're trying to promote yourself for the first time and yeah, you man. haven't done gigs? Definitely ways of going around about that as well, and the way you'd you'd word it is perhaps um if we go back to our very first bio back in the day before we had anything we could say something like claim the throne are taking perth by storm and are working hard to take their live show abroad with a debut album on the horizon yeah just to still sound pro and like you you know what you're doing and you have good plans for the future Mm. It, it all relates to your um your own circumstance and i think it's good if you can Look at other bands' bios, see what works and what doesn't work and, and take it from there. Get your friends to read it for you as well. See if they fall asleep or see if they're captivated by it. Or see if they think you're douchebags. Yeah. Like the way I'd look at it and thank God I don't have to write these stupid things is maybe to bring it back to school, like just dot points. What information, mm. if you were booking a band, would you want to hear? So maybe what your band name is, uh, what your genre is, what you're up to and what you're about to do. Leave it at that kind of thing. Like and just yeah, just maybe a short sentence on each because a lot of these things tend to meander, much like I am right now. I'm Dick Douche. I am Floyd the dog who speed outside me door last night. <laughs> and then almost the most important thing is at the end, you want to make sure you people know how to get in touch with you. If they've read the whole way to the end, then chances are they want to check you out. So make sure you have your website links, social media links, video clips, maybe even a QR code to link people to that. You um, love and QR a, codes. I do. I do. And a description of um, of your email. So, like, for all contact and bookings, please email us now at info at claimthethrone.com. I think just buyers are something that's actually really, really important. And a lot of bands don't spend long enough on making sure that they've got a great buyer. Or they spend too long. It's like overthinking. Yeah. A, a lot of bands I've seen recently, they pop up, you see the name and you go, okay, interesting. And, yeah, you might recognize members from other bands or, you know, here's a new band in the scene we might have on a show or something like that. But then what they do is they have this giant bio that doesn't really tell you anything doesn't link you to any music or you know they might have a photo shoot or something like that and you know in this day and age you're really up against a big market of people who are putting out professional sounding demos straight away so 
just at least an example of maybe one song or something like that or a couple of snippets tied together. But, you know, certain people think that teasing is creating hype, like what is the Matrix or something. <laughs> and that's not, it's just not effective because you can always click on the very next band you see and they'll have music. So Exactly. Or you must like this to listen to this song. Yeah. Another thing I hate, especially because I don't have Facebook. Close. Yeah. It's difficult because, you know, you want to hear the new band, but I pray that there's YouTube or Bandcamp or... um soundcloud or something like that so if you're not making it easy for you for the people that are making the effort to coming to your page then you're doing a, a big disservice to your band so you've got to make it effortless for the person you've got to have suffering rock business cards exactly those guys are pretty onto them. it i gotta say totally got your band on facebook why not expand your social media base get on the instagram get on the twitter not that hard get exposed to more people post a picture from instagram link it up to your other sites and bang up it goes don't limit your fan base get in touch with people be creative be interesting on the internet i'm cabba and get out of town escorts Ash's segment of the week part seg okay this is my sedge this week and it's on auditioning for a band and even though i haven't auditioned for a band for quite a while i recently had to fill in and it reminded me of all these times where i had to learn a bunch of songs really quickly or go and jam with someone or something like that it's a pretty high pressure environment even if you're best buds with the guys it can be difficult because you're putting your skills your art your whatever you want to call it on the line now i'm a drummer which makes it a little bit different because uh you know guitarists and other melodic based instruments you've got to actually learn chords and blah 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 blah. but the tips are pretty much the same thing Hopefully, in this day and age, like we just spoke about on Cabba's Sedge. I read their Sedge. And many bands have demos and stuff like that. Ideal scenario, you get hold of some of these guys' demos, have a good listen to them um, before you start interpreting. So let's pretend that you're on any instrument, try and familiarize yourself with the structures and maybe the choruses, like the main parts. If it's guitar, maybe you want to write down some quick tab notes or something. Maybe the bands have guitar profiles already that they might be able to send through to you. What I did recently was just get a scrapbook and just jot down little reminders so if you've got an idea of the structure and then a rough idea of what you're supposed to be doing in that section then when it comes time to jamming you can sort of follow along without sort of having to stop and you know slow everything down if you overthink it too much and you think too in detail about parts or intricacies you can get caught up on that and so you might know the first half of the song really really well but then it just all falls to bits in some change towards the end of it so get an idea of the whole thing at the start and then try and be able to get from start to finish even if you do make some boo-boos but just get through the song there's other times where you have to rock up cold someone goes hey you want to jam and see if we can have a band together or maybe i would say then if you can't get hold of any demos just listen to some of their influences and ask them if there's any tracks they like jamming just for mucking around sake learn them or at least learn the style in there if they like the latest grinspoon song then maybe maybe check it out and feel the beats feel how it changes and, and you probably notice a lot of their influences especially in newer bands in their own original writing so uh, in terms of guitar pro and tabs and stuff like that a lot of pretty prepared guys especially if they're looking for a serious member uh, will make guitar profiles and some even tab or notate their music so get hold of that stuff and that's also great as a visual cue uh, it saves a lot of work the most important thing is to just know your stuff because the band's going to be more impressed if you go in there prepared, just like I am with this segment, than if you just rock in there and go, oh, let's just groove on fucking whatever. And Dicey just knocked on the door. Check taps with Dicey. Let's talk about the most important tip of all, standards. Don't have them. They're ridiculous. Why fish in a pond when you could fish in a entire ocean? Just remember this. When you take home a fat and or ugly, disgusting person, you'll be making very happy. 
and it's nice to make people happy. Just close your eyes and use your imagination. They can be anyone you want them to be. It works for me, and it can work for you too. Until next time, have fun. Ash's Seg, second half of the Sedge. <laughs> Conversation. What do you actually reckon of bands even having auditions to get members? Because in our history, we've never had an audition for a Claim of Throne band member. It's just been someone, you know, you ask around, you try and find the right, right people. You don't want to sort of be lugged into having any freaks coming to your auditions and then feeling obliged to, to welcome them aboard, you know? Like when you joined Claim of Throne, it was, you know, it was amazing actually because you just pretty much learnt shit, came into the room and you were the new drummer and that was that. Well, pretty much every time I've joined a band except for the very first one, it was like that. Let's jam. Let's do these songs and you just do it. But when I met Owen, who we'll talk to later in the pudge, I raided their fridge. I had just moved to Perth and I had no idea about the music scene, anything I didn't know what to do. So I looked in the Express magazine, which was a thing back then, and... <laughs> band came up with similar influences to what I liked. So yeah, I just went around their house and I think they asked to learn The Patient by Tool. What kind of a song is that to jam? That was more just getting to know each other. Later on, we actually held auditions for a singer. We were all new to Perth. We didn't know anyone. Whereas later on, yeah, like with you guys or um, when I joined Discord, they were just like, well, you know how to play drums. We're friends. Let's just do it. When I joined Red Descending, it, I don't know, definitely not an audition, but it was just um, they lost a guitarist. So I pretty much just told them being friends with them. I was like, I will learn the songs and totally keen. So it was just a matter of going to the other guitarist's house, him teaching me a couple of songs, seeing if I can do them. And then having a jam, and it was on like Donkey Kong. Kind of similar to how I joined Claim of Throne, really. Pretty much, man. Like, I don't really see a lot of need for some bands to even hold auditions. Find drummers that you already know are doing good things and who you think will suit your music and personality-wise will fit in the band and um, or, take it from there. Yeah, not just drummers, but guitarists and all yeah, the Yeah, like. exactly, yeah. So you joining was just a matter of learning a couple of songs, coming to a jam, and it just happened. I guess that goes with the old reinforcement of everything we always say, which is just get out there and meet heaps of people and you know if you've got a good dynamic with a person or a group of people then yeah it can be pretty easy to just start playing music with them yeah totally Ash's tip of the week got a little tip of the week and that's for 25 bucks you can pick yourself up a Korg or maybe even Planet Waves or any sort of cheap ass brand little tuner that you can actually clip on to headstock of your guitar and you can always check your tuning Onto the listener, Sedge, and our Claim, Claim the, throne the Throne listener question, question of the week. And this week on the listener, Sedge, question of the week, we've got our old mate Amos. He seems to have come in. Let's uh, let's play that now, see what he had to ask. Hey guys, it's Amos here, Amos Polglaze. I really love the podge. Just wanted to ask, um, I've recently bought a, a red G-string and I've, I've been wearing it a lot and... Um, it's unfortunately snapped at one of the sides, so I was wondering if you could give me a replacement. Um, I've just ordered some baby bibs as well, so if I can get a replacement G-string, then perhaps I can wear them both at the same time. Anyway, if you guys can let me know what you think, and uh, keep up the great work, boys. Oh, thanks for the, the question, Amos. You're such a lovely bloke, mate. I'm glad you're buying all our merch, like our Claim the Throne G-strings and baby bibs. Man, I don't know about giving you any sort of replacements. You shouldn't really be wearing those G-strings. I, I do you know you have quite a nice tush, but um, look, I tell you what, we'll, um, we'll replace it for you. We'll send it to you in the mail with your baby bib, a new G-string, but you do need to take a photo of yourself wearing just a G-string and a baby bib. Send it in, and if you don't do that... Um, 
then we may need to give you a knuckle sandwich. But apart from that, it should be sweet. Also from Amos Polos, I'd like to know why pandas refuse to breed. I think pandas do breed, but I'd assume that if Amos is hitting on them, they probably wouldn't be keen. You've solved it there. Um, we've also heard uh, from our mate Liam Toner, who said, What album have you enjoyed making the most? And is Forged in Flame going to end up on Bandcamp? Well, what have we enjoyed making the most? I think the latest one by a long way because we've recorded it at home and it was just a constant party the whole time, pretty much having a few brew skis and getting to hang out with the, the crew in our recording room. Um, and we were, of course, really happy with the songs and I guess a bit more uh, confident in playing them and stuff. It was just a nice vibe. That being said, our previous ones at um, the old Begurk Studios were also awesome fun and I guess um, the, the previous music was a bit more party type and we were getting drunk there as well and also good fun. Ash? I agree with you there. Like, we did have tons of fun at home, especially a few of the nights where, you know, bottles of tequila came out and we chose to do that instead of tracking. That was a lot of fun. But I think for me, you know, even though this experience was good, it was really cool to have someone like Al at Begurk doing our tracking just so I could go in there, do my job. And then when it was done, I could sit down and hang out while, you know, you were doing your guitar tracking or Jim was doing his bass or whatever. Jim was drinking whiskey. And will Forged in Flame be on Bandcamp? Well, it's a hard question because we've just um, obviously put our previous ones up on Bandcamp. Not that long ago, really, but... um. The idea there was to sort of have that extra option for people to download it and it has, um, yeah, extra things included like uh, my notes on each of the songs and lyrics and pictures and tabs and video clips and stuff. Um, We haven't put Fortune Flame up just yet because we're sort of trying to hook up with labels and things like that. So we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves and, you know, if labels see that we already have a lot of online digital distribution then they might not be too keen on signing us up so it could happen one day and we'll put um you know some additional limited edition bonus stuff on it on the band camp as well but it won't be anytime soon i would like to say sam allen our sound guy good egg. has also asked a question i would like to know why cabba is such a sexy piece of shit whoa and yeah it's a tough one to answer obviously i am really sexy do you answer that or do well, I on behalf I'll of you? I'll just give my quick thoughts and it's probably got something to do with a, having a short little wog dad and a corresponding milf mum. But what's your thoughts? <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Sorry, mate. It's all right. And uh, lastly, we've got Jay Fazar who's asked, what inspired you guys to play folk metal since there's hardly any folk metal bands from Australia? Well, you have to answer that because well, I joined later in the piece. Yeah. So I, what happened really was um, it was myself and a couple others. We were just sort of all getting into jamming and playing with other musicians and stuff and at the time we were just ourselves all really getting into that sort of music that was sort of just coming about at the time so that was about eight years ago or so um so we were just sort of yeah learning other band songs and having a jam for fun but it progressed from there started writing our own stuff it was pretty much moon sorrow uh fin troll suodakra i think even the first ablestorm album came out back then listening to all, all that sort of stuff a lot. I know Ollie was a big fan of Balsagoth. Big fan of Balsagoth Holonthon. Um yeah, and all that sort of stuff, I guess. But um and then obviously being from Australia it does seem crazy playing that sort of thing, which is not from here. But um the way we tackled that old doozy was um 
you know, we didn't want to use Viking mythology or uh, anything like that. So we decided to sort of create our own fictional story and fictional characters and base our first album upon that. So that's when we wrote that novel as well. So we had that whole storyline and and all the songs on the first album uh, are corresponding. So each song is a chapter of a book, which you can check out only the Brave Return. Maybe we'll re-record it one day, make it good. But um, yeah, it went down pretty well for us and it's sort of progressed from there from my perspective hearing you guys on the local scene you know there were folk elements for sure but I actually saw you guys just as a melodic death metal band it's not that I didn't count the folk aspect to it but to me the the greater portion of it was melodic death metal and I was into that sort of stuff back in those days and so yeah when the opportunity arose that's that's kind of where I thought everything was heading I think you can yeah definitely pick up on that now more so than ever before really with our sound I think we we still really sound very Australian it's just like it's just Australian sort of metal mix with that sort of stuff, and I guess that's what makes us unique. And I say we're pretty proud of it, and our drinking skills go along well with it on stage, also. What you been listening to, Cabba? This week, since we announced our tour coming up with Balakor, um, I've decided. Well, I just got a bit excited and started chucking on their stuff. Um, and I was listening to their new album a bit, just to I don't know, just because it's the newest one, and that's just what you listen to. But um. Yeah, a few days ago I chucked on Stone's Reach, which was their last one, and that just um, got me rigid in the in the trouser snake region. Um, and I've been Great enjoying album. that a lot for the last few days. Yeah, the songs on that are just wicked. I think the newer one's probably maybe a bit more technically delicious, but um, yeah, Stone's Reach, the songs on there are just sweet as. I know you like you're a big fan of that one too, Ayash. Yeah, I love it. Like it's a bit more stripped back than the new one. What's that of Breath and Bone? Yeah. I love the sound of it and the vocals are ferocious and it's just got a really cool vibe. And for such long songs with some pretty um, ongoing riffs and stuff, it's like it's a real treat. Like it doesn't feel like you're listening to eight minutes of music. It feels like a short snappy thing, but... Oh yeah, full on riffs and pretty... Yeah, pretty amazing for an Australian band, I think, as well. They're going to be pretty big and they, yeah, they sort of have like a sound that's a bit like the heavy elements of Opeth and a bit of a monomath and a bit of dark tranquility, but still sounds very very unique somehow mm. so yeah no, those guys that. are cool man been rocking out what about yourself bro this week i've been listening to horacle <laughs> by in flames we listened to that um a few weeks ago drunk in the kitchen yeah the well party well, of our lives the reason it's my album of the week is because the only thing i've listened to this week oh yeah and in flames are pretty atrocious now like i would say probably the worst metal band on earth gone bad back in the day man like horacle was so good and um I, for me probably that was the last one that really i enjoyed um I'm a Jester Race sort of guy. There's parts on there that sound like they're starting to do that kind of vocal where they go, oh, yeah. we're in flames. Yeah, Jonathan Davis. Oh, we're doing, yeah, uh, the corny sort of yeah. shit. That's a bit annoying. But, but, it, but just... it works on that album at the time. I think it worked as well because, I don't know, it wasn't. You didn't know that they were going to yeah. become what they are now. It's still cool. It's still pretty thrashy and stuff. And I just like the overall sound of it. it sounds pretty awesome. Totally. Yeah. No, Wicked Riffs again and... um. Nice production, yeah, hell melodic. Yeah. Like really, one of those albums which really defines that Scandinavian melodic death um, era, I guess. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it's a really cool title as well. They made Horacle out of two words, um, out of horizontal and popsicle. Really? That's yeah. not true. Well, I'm just assuming. <laughs> just assuming. Climb with your own news and gigs. We've just uh, announced a brand new tour coming up. In January next year, which is uh, an Australian tour with Balacore, who are one of the most important bands in Australian metal. And uh, yeah, we're touching down on a few places we haven't been before, and um, as well as the usual cities and stuff. So really excited about that. It's going to be an awesome tour. 
Going to um, Tasmania for the first time. Yeah, man. Hobart, uh, Adelaide, which um, a lot of tours seem to be missing out on lately. So you guys in Adelaide, make sure you go to the shows. Um, Brisbane, Gold Coast, Melbourne, Sydney, Ballarat, Perth. Anything else? No. Mm, that's about it. Still quite awesome, a few shows. Though. Pretty excited for that. Um, yeah. And yeah, the next show coming up is uh, with Moon Sorry in Perth, the Rosemount Hotel, November 24th. Get down on it, like they say in that uh, song. And then uh, Christmas party at uh, the Amplifier Bar, 20th of December, with Silent Night, Red Descending, Suffer in Rot 666. Lots of shows coming up, and uh, that's pretty much our news at the moment. But um, yeah, we've still got quite a few good reviews coming through the new album. Would really appreciate you guys picking it up or downloading it for free. Either way, just listen to it and let us know what you think about it. Um, but you can get a copy at our website, claimandthrown.com. And also, I'd like to tell you to go to claimandthrown.net and leave us voicemail so that we can play your audio on the show like we did with Amos Polglaze this week. Um, let us know what you want us to talk about. We're here for you. And if it's too much trouble to record a voicemail, who cares? Chuck it on the Facebook. Put something in the comments section on claimthrown.net and yeah basically it just gives us something we want to talk about otherwise sure. it's boring as shit and all we go on about is fucking dogs under <laughs> our feet we've also got a competition running at the moment if you sign up to our email list at claimthrown.com or net uh, if you do it by the end of this weekend you'll go in the draw to win a copy of the new album fortune flame delivered to your door anywhere in the world um, and if you sign up to that mailing list you'll just get all the latest on gigs news um, podges and blodges and what Amos Polglaze had for breakfast the previous day. And Sam Allen, Electric City Studios in Fremantle. Sorry I didn't rock up last week. I was hungover. Going to have to do that and check it out. And I encourage everyone else to check it out as well because he's got some pretty swell gear and it's a pretty nice place apparently. It's the old Couch Studios in Freo, so check it out. Good plug. And if there's any bands out there that want us to plug their gigs or news, just hit us up, info at claimthethrone.com. Or, um, yeah, even better, record and add yourself on our website, claimthethrone.net, and we'll play it for you. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoy this interview with Owen from Point Breakdown. Check out his stuff, and um, we'll catch you very soon. Okay, so the following interview was done uh, May, June with Owen from Point Breakdown. He was just in the process of completing the tracking and then doing the mixing and mastering for Point Breakdown's release, Pappas. We had such a long time off that we've just edited it together now for you and we're probably going to do a follow-up interview with Owen based on how he's gone promoting it and how it's done. So check it out. Great to have you here, Owen. How you going, mate? Not too bad, matey. That's good. How's the weather down in Bremer? Uh, it's actually been pretty sunny. Yeah, it's been really nice, actually. Catching some tubes? Uh, yeah, definitely. That's holding up production, for sure. Um, Do you always get asked that in your interviews? Yeah, all the time. Every every yeah, interview right. I've ever done, yeah, I've been asked that, definitely. Just maybe explain to the viewers where Bremer Bay is. Okay, so Bremer Bay is, uh, I think it's 180 k's east of Albany, roughly in between Albany and Esperance along the coastline. Um yeah, it's pretty fucking isolated, and um, it's probably 500 or 600 k's from Perth, and yeah, this is a small coastal town. I'm working on a farm here in the primary meat industry, and um, yeah, that's about it, really. So we ate some of your mints last week. Yeah, was it nice? It was really fucking yummy. What did we do? We made a... Chili con carne. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's con, real good. Con, chili con carne. <laughs> con carne. The carnival. <laughs> Tasted just like you. Did it. And we put uh, we put some chilies from our own backyard in it. Real nice. Yeah, that would have been quite nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we do down here. We uh, breed some cows. And uh, yeah, in my spare time, I like to surf. 
primarily, and then occasionally I like to dick around with this thing called Point Breakdown. Sweet, and that's what we're here to talk about. Not mints, not tubes, but Point Breakdown. And um, We could talk about tubes. <laughs> we thought it would be yeah, pretty pretty cool to have you on, uh, everything you're doing at the moment with, yeah, as you know, far as home recording, online marketing, and uh, just cool metal. Thought you were the ideal candidate for interview number one. Thanks, bro. So uh, what is a Point Breakdown, and what does it do? A point breakdown is basically just this one guy who has a pretty unhealthy love of point break and surfing and occasionally breakdowns and heavy riffs. Pretty much throws them together. How long you been doing it for, On? I don't know. I think the idea's been around for fucking a fair while. I don't know. Whenever I was in Discord, I think, probably came up with the idea and recorded a few things and didn't really do anything with it. But gradually as I moved, well, as I moved down south and got out of bands and stuff, I sort of wanted to do something, some sort of musical outlet, so I thought it was a cool idea to just do something kind of fun like that, just basically for my own enjoyment. Good stuff, mate. And when's the first time that you saw the movie Point Break? <laughs> the first time I saw Point Break. Do you remember the first time? I'm pretty sure I heard about it when I was in primary school, and my my auntie and uncle went and saw it, and they were like, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was so cool. It was these surfy dudes who robbed banks and travel the world surfing and being little grommet I thought that was pretty badass and I think I didn't even get to watch it until it came VHS it came on uh, it came just all over me Whoa. all over my face everywhere it was <laughs> just there was cum everywhere <laughs> no nah, b- before it came on um, GWN GWN I believe yeah I think I don't think I saw it until it came on TV and um, yeah I, I was pretty hooked actually I, I remember having the VHS, I recorded it and I uh, just fucking, yeah, watched that shit over and over and, yeah, just really loved it. It was good. Mad dog. Absolute mad dog. <laughs> when was the first time you heard a breakdown? The first time I heard a breakdown? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it was... Did you hear about it in, in preschool as well? I think, yeah, that was definitely preschool. No, no, the first time I heard... Rage Against the Machine was in, in primary school as well. <laughs> was, yeah, right. That was pretty killer. So <laughs> yeah, that right. that sort of, my love of riffs probably came from there. What, Me too. Um, how did you decide to fuse those two together? I used to listen to Kill Whitney Dead a little bit and uh, I thought it was pretty cool and funny how they used to put in samples from movies over sort of heavy riffs and shit and then obviously point break. And breakdowns were obviously pretty fucking relevant maybe about 10 years ago or mm-hmm. something like that. So <laughs> just basically slammed that together. But not really. I mean, I'm not the hugest fan of breakdowns because, I mean, there's only sort of certain riffs or breakdowns that are really any good anyway because the genre of hardcore, metalcore or whatever the fuck it was got pretty inundated with a whole bunch of shit bands. So... Motif included. Motif, yeah. Motif has some killer breakdowns in fucking six, six, eight and shit. That was pretty wild. Do you remember? I wish I was there when that all happened. <laughs> Don't we all? So uh, is there a reason you never got band members as such, Owen, and just kept it by yourself? Was that sort of a necessity sort of thing because you live far away from civilization, or was it just something that was sort of just a project for fun for you? Yeah, main thing. I think it was just a project for fun and... I think I was kind of sick of writing music that, you know, bringing it to, to band members and stuff and, you know, lots of riffs and stuff getting shot down. So I just figured, fuck, it'd be pretty cool just to have complete control over something and not give a fuck what anyone says. So Good one, man. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. Good on you. Good on you, bro. 
fight for your rights to break down. Now, what are you doing at the moment on? You're recording a new EP? That's correct. It's a six-track EP, and I think the movie's probably only got enough quotes, good quotes, until for sort of three releases or three EPs or something. I figure I can only milk it for so long. So... I've decided to just go with the <laughs> three. Yeah, you better keep that. Three main characters, which is Utah, Pappas, and of course Bodie. And I figured it would be pretty cool if it was what? What do they call them again? A um anagram? Is that right? Ooh. What do you? Oh, and like an acronym? Acronym? Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, the first letter. Yeah, so, so the first letter of each song title. Whoa. Is way to blow our minds, man. Well, didn't you realize that? I know. Wow. Crazy, right? <laughs> so there's Utah, Pappas, and Bodie. So the number of letters in each of the names will determine how many tracks there are and also the first letter of each Jeepers. Ah, okay. track. So, man, you've been smashing some acid down in Bremer. Oh, bro. Dude, I'm so fucking high right now. Yeah, oh, man. Shit. I, I never noticed that. Hey. <laughs> so the last release was Utah, right? And that was a couple of years ago now. Yeah, that's correct. The main... And, uh, the fir- but, well, you go. No, no, no. You go. The main... <laughs> I read their blood. <laughs> <laughs> I read their frog. <laughs> I read their fridge. I read their fridge. So, uh, yeah, the first first one, Live to Get Rad, that was out in the same year as Utah. Hey? So two releases, one year. That's pretty hardcore. Was it really? Nah, I think it tripping. I think it was like a year later. Far out. I should know better than to research on the internet. Fuck, bro. Too much acid. Too much acid. Too much acid up in Perth. So uh, how, how's the new one going to relate sound-wise to uh, the previous stuff as far as, you know, riffs go? Is it still, you know, the same sort of feel, I guess? Well, I think Utah was was a bit rockier than Live to Get Rad. I think Live to Get Rad was sort of a bit death Corey, more more break, less down. And um <laughs> so I think this one might be just a good mix of the two, perhaps. I know Ash just heard a bit, so he could probably comment of it. Oh, the riffs anyway. Yeah. So yeah. And how are you going about that on being so far away? Um obviously it's the third time you've done it from um from your little sleepy town in Burma Bay, but how like run us through how it works as opposed to getting a band together, recording drum tracks with a live drummer and then getting each member to contribute. How do you go about the process? Okay, so I basically just get some riffs together, just uh, th- throw a few ideas around and record maybe just some a few rough arrangements with uh, like a beat sequencer called Doggy Box, which is my my favourite <laughs> favorite beat sequencer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just get some shit together and, and uh, from there... Uh, I didn't really mess this time. I didn't really mess around with samples. Like I think the last time I did it, I really, you know, I got the samples together and sort of, you know, built the whole song around that. But this time, I think I just sort of basically just wrote some songs and I figure I've, I've got ideas of where samples will fit into it, sort of throughout the song, and and the, basically the samples will determine the lyrical content of the actual song. So yeah, so this time I basically just wrote some riffs and sort of arranged the songs roughly and um, actually sent the MIDI files to a friend called Ashley Large. He plays in some shitty band up there and... Um, I read his pudge. I read his... <laughs> I felt his pudge. <laughs> and um, <laughs> then, yeah, he sent them back and as oh, I think he put him into what did you put him into superior drama yeah and sent them back as wave complete wave files so I could lay down guitars too and so then yeah I just basically lay down I do guitars first I sort of did do solos sort of on the fly like as I'm going along the whole recording process really because sometimes I don't really have any deadlines or anything like that but 
just while I'm doing it, you know, like I, I write rough solos, but then when it comes to actual recording, I'm, I spend a bit of time on each one just sort of trying to get a, you know, a few new ideas in there and stuff like that and sort of freshen them up a bit as I'm sort of recording. So so I'll do all the rhythm tracks, bass, and then I started working on solos and then, yeah, I was getting a bit, bit pissed off, so I just moved to vocals and then I'll go back to, I've only got one more solo to do sort of thing, so, but that's a cover anyway, so that's all good. Then I just spend a bit of time mixing it and polishing it up, I suppose. Sounds like you've got quite a bit of uh, know-how. There's no recording studios in Bremer Bay, I'm guessing, so... Yeah, that's correct. It's um pretty stripped back and pretty basic, but uh, it's all I've got, really. And I just... Initially, I tried to just get the best sound I could possibly get out of it and didn't really spend a whole lot of money on gear. Like, I bought an interface, a uh, um, M-Audio Fast Track Pro. So that's that's how you know it's good, because it's got the Pro written on the end of it. <laughs> and that's quite a sort of an entry-level little device, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's on par. It'd be on par with, you know, your M-Boxes and stuff like that. So picked up that, and uh, that was for the first Live to Get Rad thing. And I just used GarageBand back then, and I had a M-Audio Soundcheck mic, which was... Sort of like a 57, SM57 ripoff sort of thing. Pretty much just DI'd everything, you know, just plugged straight into interface for all the instruments and program drums. The program drums back then were Doggy Box, which is, yeah, just a beat sequencer. And I just pretty much scoured the net for, you know, decent sounding free drum samples. Didn't really spend any money whatsoever, really. Apart from just the computer and the interface, that was all that I used to get up and running. That's pretty cool. And have you expanded since then? Well, yeah, I expanded by buying a Behringer C1 microphone, which you're hearing right now, and that's running through a Ultra Gain 200 or something like that, which is the Behringer little preamp. It's just a little portable, minky little preamp with a um, 12AX7 tube in it. I believe. Cool. So it's all pretty uh, pretty basic stuff, really. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, for this one, instead of just going direct into, I think I was using Amplitude last time, uh, I'm using my Blackstar 40-watt combo going out from the effects loops into the interface and running some nice... Uh, Framus cab impulses, and it sounds yeah, it sounds pretty good, I reckon. Sounds a lot better than just the regular tone I was getting just straight into the interface, so I was pretty happy with that. One thing that definitely stands out as soon as you put on a point breakdown track, you definitely know the killer guitar tone, I reckon. Oh, bro, thanks. Um, so you're doing well over there, mate. Cheers, buddy. What is most impressive to me anyway, um, considering a lot of people around Perth and around our music scene and probably worldwide, uh, spending so much cash on this stuff. I mean, us ourselves are getting uh, getting new preamps and all this kind of business, trying to improve our signal path. And yeah, you're doing it better than us with a lot less. So yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, cheers, man. It's just something I've sort of I'm sort of into. I, I'm not really a hell tech head anyway. On like you know gear and stuff like that anyway, as you probably know. But I just try to use my ears and just get some good sounds and stuff. And you know, good one, homie G. So, uh, Owen, it's uh, Cabby here from Claim the Throne, mate. Uh, hey, buddy, how you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Great to be here for the third time today. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Come on down. <laughs> how do you go about um, promoting that stuff from all the way over there? Do you, uh, you, it appears that you do it mostly online and uh, no physical CDs or anything, or just downloads. Is that about right? That's about right, man. I think we live to get rad. I probably, like, I pushed it, like, a reasonable amount just online. Back, back then, there used to be this thing called Western Front, forums and um yeah posted the f-, f out of it there all over local forums and a few interweb ones and i even got an interview 
on Metal Sucks, which was pretty cool. I was pretty happy with that. All right. Wasn't cool. like full rave reviews, but it was, I think it was three spuds out of five or something like that. Oh, that's a <laughs> reasonable amount of spuds. Is there a reason you uh, never pr- did any print copies of the releases? Yeah, basically because it costs money and just, I figured I'd just give it for free, you know what I mean? Like it didn't cost me dick or really in the scheme of things to, you know, get a recording set up. So I figured chances are there's not going to be too many people that are going to really like it anyway. So just throw it up for free and, you know, maybe post it around a little bit. So that was the main goal because it's, you know, I mean, it's so easy now to distribute music, you know, I think on the internet because you can just, you know, sell it so cheaply without the need of pressing CDs and stuff like that. So yeah, it was best just to, for me anyway, just to give it give it out and just get it heard by as many people as possible and see what happens from there sort of thing, really. So you've got it on Bandcamp. You've got a option to donate money or name your price kind of thing. How does that work for you? Yeah, it doesn't work that well. <laughs> <laughs> not, not many people are really that willing to pay uh, for it anyway. I mean, you know, because I mean, the thing is, is a lot of people will download it before they listen to it anyway because they're just like, oh, well, fuck it, I'll just download it and then I'll listen to it. And then by the time they've made their judgment, they haven't bought, you know what I mean? It's The pro- the process has already expired for them to donate any money. So I think, yeah, for me, I mean, I got a fucking few bucks here and there, you know, from people, but, you know, it's not really, it's not really the main source of income for it or anything like that. I did a run of t-shirts and that was a little bit better but you know so merch seems to be where your uh profits would lie (laughs) you know what i mean like a normal band will also not rely on cd sales or anything to recoup any costs of theirs they'll usually do it through merchandise and and playing shows so yeah that's reflective of your situation too this one actually leads on to the first question on the old facebook which isn't actually a question but uh mo cusack says Wild point breakdown shirts exclamation mark it's pretty funny because i was just reading that myself oh it's, it's been invaded <laughs> by dogs in here, man. <laughs> get out tell him to <laughs> fuck off mate <laughs> here boy next question comes from old mate daniel kennedy when is the band's signature fragrance Oda throne coming out scent of bodie will be coming out quite soon delicious and uh ned has a question for owen of point breakdown uh he says who's better owen utah or pappas or bodie uh, geez, that's a real tough one because they're all so cool. Uh, I reckon, <laughs> I reckon Pappas, it has to be Pappas because it's Gary Busey. I mean, you can't really beat Gary Busey. He's pretty fucking cool. Oh, and so you played a show. How did that go? Uh, yeah, I thought the show went pretty well. Uh, we jammed twice. Um, I sent tabs and stuff to some dudes that I thought would be pretty cool. And turns out only, <laughs> turns out only three of them were cool. Nah, nah, they were all pretty cool. And it was great, basically, to have a captive audience on a boat and no one could get away from the terrible music of Point Breakdown. But, <laughs> yeah, I think people sort of enjoyed it and they might have tapped their feet a little bit. Pretty uh, pretty fitting sort of gig for the first show of Point Breakdown, do you reckon, on the, on the high seas? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It would have been better if we were actually in the ocean. But, you know, I mean, it's close enough, the river. That's pretty cool. And uh, is that something you've been wanting to do for a while, do you reckon, take the show live? Yeah, it definitely is. It was just kind of hard to pull together, I guess, from down here. Initially, I thought it would be a lot harder, but it wasn't that bad just uh, tabbing out the guitar tabs and sending them to respective members, and then they can just jam along to the CD. And, you know, when we jammed, everyone was sort of pretty well up on it. Tim Clifford says, Bazzell technology. Bazzell. Uh, what are you doing, boy? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, boy. Uh. Um, it's been great having you here again. Cheers, mate. For the first time ever. Yeah. Again. Been good.
Anything you want to chat about uh, before we... Not a lot, really. I was just thinking about starting a Kickstarter account, actually. I was, I was thinking real hard about it. I figure I can probably only <laughs> raise enough for two blocks of export, so... Mate, I hate to ask you now about pies, but um, there's a few people just talking about pies on the internet at the moment, and um, one Amos Polglaze and one Christopher Bose. And I guess with this export, do you think a nice can of emu export would go well in a pie? And if not, what is your favourite pie? Can of export? I think it would, actually. I think you could use the beer for... The gravy sauce, it'll be nice. Or does he mean actually just the beer, like the actual whole can encased in pastry or? <laughs> yeah. Both would probably be okay. Yeah, yeah. My favourite pie, I think it might be the Ned Kelly. Good oh, answer. From Jester's. Pretty good. I mean the one from um, Denmark Bakery. Denmark Bakery have pies that are off the chain. I've been there once and it was probably the best day of my life. Oh, so good. There you have it, people. Next time you're in Southwest WA, head to the Denmark Bakery, ask for Owen. So, uh, yeah, where can uh, where can people find out more about Point Breakdown if they haven't heard it yet? Well, you can get your lazy asses onto Facebook and search for Point Breakdown or go to pointbreakdown.bandcamp.com. I read their pledge. Thanks for being here. And, uh, yeah, what's your favourite Point Breakdown song? Um, I reckon my favourite Point Breakdown song, I reckon it might be the wise words of the Bodhisattva, actually. They're calling the Bodhisattva. This guy's even crazier than you, John. See you in the next level!